The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. And you're welcome back. Miguel Delaney, Chief Football Writer at The Independent, is with us. Miguel, we've got to talk Manchester United losing 3-1 to Arsenal at the Emirates yesterday. And there's so much going on at Manchester United. But I'm just kind of thinking, had that goal been kept, had VAR not disallowed it, and Garnacho got it at 2-1, you would have fancied United and we wouldn't be talking about a crisis at the club. Yeah, I um, mean, it's a classic in football, isn't it? Really? Results and wins change everything. Uh, but, I mean, I suppose you, you might call that a little bit of a sliding doors moment to reach for that cliche, but then it feels like that's the case with so much of the club right now, which I suppose reflects how it's in this very uncertain position uh, with that uncertainty um, influencing almost everything uh, from the way the team has been put together to, of course, the future of the owners. I mean, the, the entire game was framed by the breaking news on a Saturday night through a, a, a very good scoop in the Mail on Sunday by Nick Harris, that um, who, he was very connected, particularly in the, in the world of football finance, that the Glazers were taking the club off the market and we're going to reconsider maybe going on again in 2025. Now, again, while that's a brilliant scoop by Nick, it's maybe unsurprising news in the sense that I think there had been a feeling for some time that the Glazers were minded towards staying just purely because A, they didn't get anything close to the price they wanted and B, there is a wider feeling that as football continues to uh, accumulate this huge popularity outside the planet, we're kind of around the planet with growing markets. They're like, looking for um, extra money because they're seeing all the money coming in from the Middle East for splashing out on players. Well, and I mean, not, not, not just that, but you only have to look at, I suppose, how American private equity is looking yeah. to get so involved in football. And, like, and, and huge new markets like America, like India, like, like, like Australia. Um, and that's undeniably part of the thinking. But for the moment, it means the Glazer ownership persists at United. And uh, now I think what a lot of people would say, they actually have allowed the club to spend money on players. And if you look at some of the signings, maybe um, the football direction hasn't been as sophisticated as other clubs, like, like their rivals at Abu Dhabi owned Manchester City. And it's created a little bit of a what feels a compromise of a team. I mean, okay, they had a lot of injuries on Sunday, uh, but they're still paying their their, their, fifth, their fifth and sixth choice centre-halves and end up with Harry Maguire on the pitch who they they wanted to sell but can't get rid of him because of his high wages. Um, and there aren't too many takers given the, the price they'd want, given what they bought him for. And then Johnny Evans, who they have to bring back. So it's, it's, it's quite a strange situation. Yeah, and the other off-pitch issue is Jaden Sancho in that extraordinary response to being dropped by Eric Ten Hag who said look his preparations for the the game and training were just not at a level that he could be put into the squad and the player hitting back on social media all of that has to affect the team performance Yeah while that is separate it does again reflect some of these issues because Sancho uh, like Anthony, like Rasmus Hoyland was a young player they bought on you would say Pretty big money, maybe too much money for the age they're at and uh, what they've done in their careers. I suppose some of the thinking was to try and get ahead of the game and that, but there is a risk to it. Um, and uh, Sancho hasn't fulfilled his potential yet at Manchester United, uh, as can be seen in the very fact he wasn't even in the squad for a game like yesterday. Now, Ten Hag was quite blunt after the match and basically saying it was because of uh, standards in training. Um, and Sancho obviously responded with his own statement. It was quite, I mean, the way it was phrased, even though it was quite 
point, well, pointed, but also he talks about, I don't believe everything you read. Well, this isn't something we read. His manager literally said it. Arsenal's, um, Arsenal's big signing, and this is the difference, Arsenal's big signings during the summer played well, and particularly Declan Rice, £105 million was the transfer price from West Ham, and he did deliver an injury time, 3-1 in the end. But that goal marked his appearance on the stage as a big Arsenal player on a big occasion, changing the course of the game and potentially putting Arsenal looking back like the team they were last year. Yeah, I mean, I think... It's it's amazing to say as early as with the fourth of September now yesterday the third of September that it was huge for the title race but I suppose that's the, the kind of the context we're in with Manchester City and it had had Arsenal not won that game they would have been four points behind they've had a little bit of a flat start to the season despite the previous two wins and this suddenly changes all that it changes the feel of it around it changes the feel around Declan Rice because that's his first big moment and so early and again yeah I mean you point to um, the the difference but it's also a difference in the way of doing business because while Arsenal themselves have spent money they've generally followed the Liverpool route of spending only up to a certain fee on most of the positions and to get ahead of the game and it is why it's different to Manchester United as well it's not spending so much on potential but then when they have the team close to what they want that's when they go big on very specific players and from that perspective Rice is almost the equivalent to, say, Virgil van Dijk at Liverpool, which isn't to say he's as good as Virgil van Dijk, say, or more so his tactical importance to the team. And they, they certainly got the benefit on, on, on Sunday. But even, yeah, and I didn't think Arsenal were at their best throughout the game. But even the, the whole game just reflected this massive contrast between the teams. Arsenal, they've been building to this idea for, for a long time now under Arteta, four years, and they're so close, I suppose, to what his ideal would be. Ten Hag, Ten Hag, admittedly only in the job a year, so obviously there'll be there'll be a difference in development in that. But even the way the team is put together in a different way, and United just look so much more of a compromise compared to Arsenal. What does Eric Ten Hag now do? Because he's obviously he's brought in his own players, he's got his own style and doing things. But you're saddled, as you said, with a player like Jaden Sancho. You're going to have to keep him presumably till the transfer window in January. And you've got other players like Maguire. Again, as you said, they didn't want him. Nobody would pay up for it. You're are Man United just going to struggle now for the next couple of games or all the way through the rest of the season until that transfer window or until even the Glazers are gone? Well, this, is, this has again been a bigger issue for Manchester United than just than recently. It actually goes back almost a decade and how they've struggled to get players they don't want or no longer use uh, away from the team. And that has more than just an effect of taking money or just placing the bench. I mean, because what... Any, I mean, Arteta actually did it at Arsenal again. In fact, it, it's often been said around Arsenal that one of the best investments the uh, the club has made was actually in cutting their losses on certain players just because having a player there that doesn't fully buy in to the manager's plan or doesn't fit it, kind of, it saps the focus of the team, even on a subconscious level, just because... You, you want everyone there who's absolutely 100% committed. And that, that's what Arteta got with Ozil. He got it with Aubameyang. Um, whereas Ten Hag and previous Manchester United managers haven't had it with a cast of players. And even the very fact that's been pointed out, I suppose, that uh, Martial started that game. When I mean, we're talking about a player who it's, it, it could have been said a long, long while ago that he hasn't fulfilled his talent. I mean, he's, he's coming up to a, a testimonial year at the, at the club uh, soon enough. Well, like, sorry, it's, that'll be three, three years' time. But, but I mean, it's still, it's still a long time at the club without too much, too many moments to uh, to show for it, and it, and it just it, it, it feeds into that kind of staleness that afflicts United. 
Yeah, let's talk about a couple of other teams out there and a couple of other games who spent a good bit there on United. Go back to Saturday evening, Miguel. I actually was watching Brighton and Newcastle with a couple of friends in Dublin and I don't think anybody expected Evan Ferguson not just to be the hero of it, but in the way he was. Like, a hat-trick. He's 18 years of age. This is a player that is now being talked of potentially a £100 million plus forward for, for Brighton or for more likely somebody else. Yeah, talk about Rice's uh, first big moment at Arsenal. And again, another uh, Irish underage graduate, you might say. And well, this is uh, Ferguson's first big moment in the Premier League. Yeah, he's been scoring for a while, but a hat-trick like that, especially against a club like Newcastle, who are newsworthy for all sorts of reasons, not least uh, the Saudi Arabian ownership. And they've been ragged um, this season so far as well. The results just haven't been the way they, they, they were last year. And Eddie Howe has been, you know, this is him coming under pressure for the first time. But that Brighton team and with Ferguson, you could see them building a strong run into the, into the top four this year. Oh yeah, but it was one of those games where it felt like a kind of a few different strands are coming together. Not not that the result was inevitable, but there was the, the the kind of conditions were in place for it. Not least for Ferguson to excel, because we are we're very um, very visibly seeing a player uh, kind of coming into his own in that way, gaining more confidence. And and there's something else that should be noted here. Is I mean, you mentioned about his potential price. Well, I mean, his quality is one thing, but it's not just about his superb quality. It's also that he's a, a very rare n- number nine now. I mean, the game is, it's not going through a crisis, but it's in a situation where because of tactical developments and all sorts of other elements, strikers aren't being produced. Uh, that And Ferguson is almost kind of a, nat- a truly natural talent in that way. And for, for a player like that, for a, a position so sought after to be Irish, well, it's actually it's quite a strange feeling. And of course, if anyone, before anyone thinks it, he, he can't declare for anyone else now. He's in your game. Well, thanks, Pat. Can we... Can we start talking about him yet in the same breath as if you look at, look, obviously he's going to be compared to Haaland, he's going to be compared to various other players, but look back of young 18, 19 year olds of the past, your Michael Owens, your Wayne Rooney's. I mean, he's got, you know, first of all, I suppose Evan Ferguson is very much his own player, but yeah, you can see elements of previous players in in him, and that's what the nature of football is. It's impossible not to look back to the past and make comparisons. And in terms of kind of the physical presence, there's Rooney. In terms of kind of the sensation, well, there's Rooney as well, but also, as you say, Michael Owen. Uh, and, and as well, in terms of kind of that, that goal-scoring impact early on. Uh, and, and let's not forget either uh, Robbie Keane, given the, this is, again, a rare Irish player scoring goals at that level while still in his teens. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, it was Deserby that made the comparison to Christian Vieri, given, I suppose, that physical size combined with that mobility and that finishing. Uh, and it, it, it already looks like he's going to have a huge impact on this Premier League season. Uh, and a lot of interest. Look, Brighton were adamant during the summer. He absolutely wasn't for sale. We're heading into the international window and a lot of pressure on Stephen Kenny. For somebody like Evan Ferguson to be in this type of form, how important is it that he continues that at international level? This is where it's almost a pity that the, the fixtures have worked against in that way, given just by definition, Ireland almost have to set up in a more defensive style against France and Holland because the way they play, they'll have more of the ball, they'll dictate the game. Um, and I mean, we've seen it in previous games where Ferguson's been a little bit isolated when used in that sort of way. Now, the flip side is, given his recent form, maybe these are the fixtures. Maybe, maybe these fixtures actually come at precisely the right time because if he's in the sort of mood to kind of seize these stages well a fixture against the World Cup finalists and, and, and in France and as storied a football country as, as the Netherlands well, well, well maybe that's it maybe we will see something special there and I suppose that's the hope obviously Kenny needs it uh, to, for this campaign because there is a danger that it could 
end quite quickly, given, especially given the um, the result in Greece in the summer. Uh, but um, so yeah, it, it certainly. Let's hope. Let's hope like, he's on the same form later on this week. Miguel Delaney, thank you very much for joining us. No time to go through what Man City top of the table again. Spurs also winning. Liverpool also winning. I'm sure Matt will talk to the gang on Friday about that. The last word with Matt Cooper weekdays from four thirty.